Construction with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Welcome to the Robots Podcast. I am Jana, and for this last episode in 2015, we'll be focusing on Norwegian company Enlink, makers of the world's first mobile drilling robot. This robot is designed to help electricians and plumbers by doing the overhead work involved with measuring and drilling in concrete ceilings, something that is normally very difficult to do and can cause health problems such as musculoskeletal disorders. The robot also improves the overall work environment greatly on large construction sites by eliminating concrete dust. Our interviewer Audro spoke to Conrad Fagerton, CEO of Enlink, about developing mobile robotic systems for the construction industry and about their mobile drilling robot for overhead drilling. Hi, welcome to Robots Podcast. Hi. Can you introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Conrad Fagertun, and I'm the co-founder of Enlink Robotics. We make uh, the world's first mobile drilling robot for the construction industry. And I've just started commercializing our first robot. So can you begin by describing what the company Enlinks is like? Yeah, we're a small uh, robotics company. We have uh, four full-time engineers and a couple more uh, by the hour. We are developing together with the construction industry uh, a robotic system that will help contractors doing uh, heavy work on large construction sites. The first task we've started to solve is concrete ceiling drilling. So it's a pretty narrow niche, but it's a very heavy and time-consuming niche. So for this niche, can you tell me a bit about what the robot looks like and actually tell me more about the problem? Why? What is it doing and why are you automating this? Yeah, when you're building a large construction uh, or building like a shopping mall or a large office building, the electricians and plumbers need to drill thousands of thousands of holes in the ceiling before they mount up, up their, the equipment they need, like uh, cable trays, light fittings, ventilation, air condition, and so on. And this is very time consuming. You have to measure up every single hole and drill it. It makes a lot of noise and dust, of course, and uh, nobody, trust me, nobody likes to do this job. So we solved this by adding an industrial industrial robot arm to a lift, and then uh, a lot of sensors and a drill, of course. And now the robot can measure and position itself inside the room and drill with uh, better accuracy than manual labor. So it's faster and actually has the same accuracy or better. What does the user interaction look like? How would someone set up so that this robot knows where to drill holes in the ceiling? Yeah, in the current version, you'll have to put out, uh, put out a laser station, which is uh, basically a tripod with a laser arm, somewhere in the corner of the room you're working in. Then you'll use an iPad that we supply, and mm-hmm. we made a very user-friendly app 
So you, you can either use it uh, manually and enter uh, one and one hole, or you can upload data from, uh, let, let's say, a CAD drawing. So you what, can use uh, X and Y coordinates and so on. What kind of pattern does the laser tripod display on the ceiling for the robot to know where to drill? Yeah, right now you'll have to put a laser cross in the first uh, first position you want to drill or as a reference point. So From does it create a cross or an angle or what kind of thing? It, it intersects, it creates lines of lasers and at the intersections of some of the lines is where the, the machine knows where to drill? Uh, sort of. You put up one laser cross where you want to start drilling or where you want the robot to look the first time. After that, the robot will display its own laser lines in the ceiling and you use those to calculate where to drill the next holes. So you don't have to do more measurement than the first, first hole or the first light fitting or just a reference point. So there'll be many laser lines in the ceiling, but that's basically the robot trying to figure out how the, the ceiling or the floor is tilted. So it drills, uh, it always drills uh, perpendicular to the ceiling. What do you mean so it's, it's tilted? Easy. Will the ceiling oh, well, uh, bow or what kind of thing? If you, for example, in a parking garage, the, the floor is usually tilted for um, uh, water and for um, allowing different floors and areas to be different heights. So when you drive the robot, it will, in some, uh, some positions, be at an angle to the ceiling. And the robot will compensate for this and always drill perpendicular to the ceiling. So you don't have to be any accuracy on how to position the robot itself. I see. All right. And so the way that it works is the user puts down the laser tripod and then uses an iOS or Android app to tell the robot to go and tells the spacing between the holes and that kind of thing? Yeah, that's the basic function. And you can also, if you want, you can use so-called BIM files which is 3D drawings, and you can subtract the holes from that drawing. Bin then are binary have... files, so something you compile or build? It's called BIM. It's a building oh, BIM. information model. Yeah. I see. B-I-M. And those are getting more and more popular, both in the U.S. and in Europe. And you can subtract the whole data. Let's see, let's say X, Y, and Z data for each hole. And that's very easy for the robot to interpret and drill after. I see. So we have already drilled uh, a smiley face, and I don't know how useful that will be, but it's at least it shows it's possible. Gotcha. Did you? So is it like a snowman smiley face, where the mouth is a whole series of dots, or are yeah. the, or is the mouth connected? No, we made a whole uh, series of dots, 256 actually. Oh wow. Gotcha. So to figure out where to drill, what kind of sensors are you using to have the robotic arm go to the correct location to drill the hole? Yeah. Basically, the system uses two different sensors. One is a laser station, which, which can be put anywhere in the room as a reference point. The second is a, is a stereo camera system attached to the robot. And this system will always look up in the ceiling and look for the, the laser lines it's, it makes, and then calculate how the ceiling looks like, like a 3D model. 
so it always knows where to drill and uh, it always knows um, the exact height of the ceiling. So it drills, for example, 1.1 inch up if that's what you want. Sometimes there could be restrictions in the, in the concrete so you can't drill too far and then it's important to control the depth of the hole. So, uh, and that's very easy combining both the laser system and the camera system. So what sensors are you using on the robotic arm to tell where it is in space? Is it just the vision system or are you modeling the robotic arm? We can, uh, we can control each joint of the robot and calculate where it is. So it's pretty easy actually and uh, something all industrial robots can do. They can tell where each of the joints of the arm is every, every second. So that's pretty easy. And then we combine that with the app so we, the user can see the progress, what holes are drilled and what holes are not drilled and yet. So you can, at any point, you can monitor this and see what's the progress on this particular job. Okay, we have 70% done. This and that many holes left. And if we have any, any problems with a single hole, it will, the system will mark it as unsolved. So uh, a worker can go back and change or fix that problem hole. It could be something in the concrete or it could be, yeah. Anything. There are always some in, in regular irregularities. Mm -hmm. Now, this robot is constructed, uh, on the website you guys say, using off-the-shelf components. Uh, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, we use uh, mostly, for the mostly uh, off-the-shelf components, of course, we, we make some key components ourselves and all the software mm -hmm. ourselves. But uh, the main, um, the biggest part is the robot arm, and we use a UR10 from Universal Robots. It's a Danish company, actually bought by the U a US company lately. And we also use a Leica laser for now and uh, standard drill, standard uh, cameras, and um, yeah, standard, standard vacuum cleaner and some other components. We've also patent pending uh, the system and some key components that will help um, the system uh, drill better and more accuracy. I see. And uh, the lift also is something you're buying as well. The lift that lifts the robot up to the ceiling? That's right, and we use different type of lift, lifts depending on the height. So mm -hmm. for very high, uh, high ceilings you need large lifts and sometimes you need a belt driven lift instead of wheels if the, there's a lot of rumble or uh, yeah, do you difficult. Do you connect the robot to the lift or does the operator drive around the robot where it should drill the holes? Right now the operator has to drive the lift. So for, what do we call this robot, uh, the, the arm that drills the holes in the ceiling? What is it going yeah, right now? So far we don't have a good name, so if any of the listeners have a good, uh, a good name for us, we'll be happy to, to listen to it. We just call it the mobile drilling robot, or uh, some people call it drilling, I don't know. Drilling? <laughs> nice. So uh, tell me a bit about the business model for this robot. I know you're renting it now. Can you tell me the thought process behind that? 
Yeah, um, most uh, contractors now are used to rent equipment like lifts, and some people rent drills, excavators, all kind of machinery. So they're used to this model and they've asked for this so they don't have to invest in robots. Usually you, don't, you just need a robot for a week or two in a, in a building and you don't need to own it. So it's better for them, it's easier, it lowers the barriers, they don't have to invest, they just pay and they save money and time from day one. So it's very easy for all parts actually. Um, in the beginning now we'll rent it out with an operator but uh, we want to train operators in at our customers' uh, uh, wish so they can operate the robot themselves and just rent the robot like uh, you rent a car. How large is the company? You said four engineers. So it's less than 10 and uh, we're working with uh, some very large potential distri distributors and uh, wholesalers that can help us with distribution and logistics. Mm -hmm. So, because these machines, to be effective, they have to be moved around Definitely. a lot. To the location. Side. Yeah, from location to location. So, we'll need the professional logistics partners. and We're looking at some European uh, companies right now that can help us with uh, logistics, at least in Europe, maybe worldwide. So, how does having worldwide interest how does it make it difficult using this renter model? It's a luxury problem. Uh, right now, we don't have the capacity to fly to Hong Kong, Australia, and the US at the same time. So for scaling up, this is something we really have to solve. I think in the beginning now, we'll, we'll start with the two robots we have and build some success stories together with some pilot customers. And then we'll invite people here to train them and look at some demos and that will make it easier for us to, to expand. Then we can, when we want to do a job in, let's say, Brazil, we can just mm -hmm. go there for a couple of weeks, train them, show them and then leave the robot there and they can finish themselves. That's, that's how we'll solve this in the, in the, in the short run. And so how long is short run? Probably six months, at least uh, the rest of 2015 and the start of next year will be, it will be very important that some of our, our own crew is with the robot to ensure that uh, the quality is as good as we want and that uh, the customers have uh, no problems. We don't want to leave the customers uh, alone with uh, a robot that turns out to be a problem. So eventually will you do something similar to distribution centers? at these locations that carry your robot? Probably, that sounds smart. <laughs> so one of the ambitions of the company is to revolutionize the construction industry. Can you tell yeah. me a bit about that and how you've chosen such a large goal? Well, robotics is really, we believe it's really the solution here to, to change everything in the construction industry. Maybe in the future, the far future, we'll see 3D printing of houses be, become more popular and more feasible. But right now, in the next five to 10 years, I believe digital solutions and robotics will be a major part of this. And every single time we show someone um, from innovative companies the robot, they start 
looking at other things it can do. Can it drill? Can it paint? Can it lay tiles? Can it do other things? And of course it can. The important thing here is positioning and navigating. When you know how to do that, you can put whatever tool you want on the tip. So we believe there's a huge possibilities in the construction industry. And of course, outside too, but we'll focus on the construction industry first. And that's where we, our hearts are right now. How did you choose the construction industry to begin with? Well, we wanted to do something with robots and we were looking for industries that are not very familiar with robotics or automation. And the construction industry are a little bit behind many other industries when it comes to productivity and innovation. So it seems like a good place to start. How did you determine that they're behind in terms of productivity? Well, uh, if you take a little walk at the construction site, you'll see basically one man with one hammer or one man with one drill and one man doing uh, very slow stuff, carrying things. It's very, it's heavy work. I have a lot of respect for the people working there. It's difficult, it's hard. And uh, yeah, there's some statistics also um, online. You can see that uh, the construction industry has been, has been struggling with increase with uh, productivity. Um, mm -hmm. While other industries like, for example, the car industry has skyrocketed in productivity. One man can produce 10 cars uh, because they have a lot of robots and computers helping him. So there's a, there's a, there's a significant difference there and uh, we want to help them get up. Mm -hmm. what, what other industries did you consider before choosing the construction industry? Well, since we're from Norway, offshore and oil, oil and gas is pretty interesting here. It's a large industry. Uh, also, um, medical industry and we'll see a lot of robotics there in medic and healthcare. Uh, so basically oil, gas, uh, healthcare, maybe education and uh, farming, agriculture. It's mm. pretty in interesting too and very hard manual labor work. So I mean there's, there's tons of opportunities. Definitely. And now how did you come on this specific problem of drilling holes in the ceiling? Yeah, we were talking to as many people as possible in the construction industry and we thought about painting and tiling first and then uh, out there suddenly an electrician's company came to us and said, well, that's nice, but what we really need is help with measuring and drilling holes. We do this every day and it's tearing our shoulders apart. I didn't use that, those words, but that's how we felt they said it. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea actually came from the industry itself. Hmm. Now, in actually putting out your robot as a solution to this problem, what has the cycle of feedback between industry and what you've done with the robot? How has that looked? The feedback is pretty good. Actually, all uh, everyone from the, the workers uh, on the floor to the CFOs on the top love it, love it. from different, different angles, of course. The workers uh, are happy not to do this heavy work and the CFOs see that we can actually complete the building a week before, that's a, have a lot of value. And they get good documentation that can be valuable for let's say 50 to 100 years afterwards. When you do maintenance, you know exactly where every important part of the building is. Mm -hmm. 
and so that's uh, the documentation part has a lot um, of positive effects. The health and safety issues are major benefits, and the workers, of course, are happy to control a robot instead of a, just a drill. How has the robot changed since you've introduced it to industry? Well, the main the main form factor hasn't changed much. What we've changed is uh, the way we measure uh, uh, measure um, how we drill in the ceiling. I don't know how to explain that easy, but we've changed how we use lasers and prisms. So the operator doesn't have to do this for every single move of the robot. Now you measure the start and the ending point uh, where you want to drill, and that's ba the, basically the robot calculates everything in between. So yeah, there's some major savings there. Um, also, we have uh, we have um, we have found some other new solutions that will help uh, the maintenance and service life, but that's not visible for the operators. So that's just uh, things we we have discovered uh, ourselves. We've also seen the the need for more rugged uh, devices that can drive on um, uh, heavy and difficult uh, construction sites, especially with belts. And robots that can drive over rumble and still work and position itself, that's, that's something we learned the last half, I guess, six months. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're making a version now that will be a lot cooler and a lot better. Able to drive over rubble? And that kind of thing? Oh, yes. Like tank tire, tank treads? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, if currently the robot arm and vision system is separated from the lift. And if you're connecting the two, that means that the system becomes a lot more complicated very quickly because you need to make a way so the robot doesn't bump into a paint can or something that's lying out or I don't know, whatever is in the way. Uh, how are you investigating this and are you are you doing this? Is this a current ambition of Endless? Yeah, yeah, and we'll uh, we'll do this step by step. Uh, it won't drive around at night by itself for now, but uh, in the near future we can do that. So in the beginning we'll still need an operator to take care of it and to look after it, and we'll use uh, crash sensors uh, to avoid uh, an avoidance to avoid uh, both people and ob obstacles. It's pretty, that's pretty, um, I'm not going to say easy, but there's a lot of solutions there we can build on. So we don't have to start from scratch. Gotcha. And a user will always be driving it. So you don't have to worry so much about it. So far. Yeah. I see. Our um, ambitions, of course, are uh, fully autonomous robot robots, but that's not going to happen this year. No. So, but it's coming. So fully autonomous, like you drive a truck up to the construction site and you tell the robots to go and they go do it? Yeah. Drive to the location over the construction environment. and. Yeah. And, you know, you probably already know Teslas can drive by themselves soon. So maybe you don't have to drive them to the construction sites either. <laughs> that would be awesome. So can you talk a bit more about some of the ambitions of Endlinks? Going forward, other robots that you're looking into, you mentioned tiling and painting. What are you thinking yeah. would be next? Well, we'll continue with the drilling robot for now and allow it to do some extra tasks. Uh, so using it as a robotic platform kind of yeah. thing? 
and changing yeah. the end of the robotic arm to make it do different tasks. Yeah, we'll add some more tools to it. And uh, I'm not going to go into details on that, but it will be related to uh, both measuring and drilling in ceilings, walls, and floors. So we'll give it some extra features that will make the, the workday even shorter and easier for a lot of people. Very good. Of course, uh, we're not going to do this all by ourselves. So we're looking for partners, distributors, and logistics to help us. And we already have a couple of very interesting names on our list. So this fall and winter is going to probably be very exciting for us. And I hope to come out with some exciting news. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, from all of this experience with Enlinks, what are some of the major challenges you've encountered and what have you learned from them? Well, one of the, the biggest findings we've had is that the customers are amazing and they're our most important asset. We need the customers to help us developing this. Of course, they can't do the math and the algorithms, but they can, they can tell us how they usually work. They can tell us how the process should be. They can tell us what the sound of that concrete means, that it's, oh, that's a very soft concrete, then you have to push a little different. Or, okay, the drill bit needs to be changed. We can hear that, we can see that. So we learned a lot um, that would have been impossible for us to do in a lab. So one of the learnings is that we have to be out there with the customers, helping them, getting feedback, and of course, not get mad when they're frustrated. So uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, uh, we learned a lot about vision systems. And there's some challenges there we have overcome, but the 3D vision is not very easy. So if you can use something that's already developed, use it. <laughs> that will save you a lot of time. So that's uh, also some learnings and challenges we, are, we have had. Now, what advice do you have for those that are looking to build a company around some sort of niche industry? Yeah, be happy if you find a niche that's a niche. That's a, the, really the best way to do it. There's less competition. There's fewer customers to talk to. And the, the, the few customers that you, you find are probably very important in that niche. So stay in that niche as long as possible before spreading out in all kinds of directions. And find a team that can actually handle both the technology you're working with and the business side and the, the customer side. If you don't understand the industry or the business you're working in, you'll have a hard time with just the technology part. Thank you. Thanks. And that's it for today. As always, you can find more information about today's episode and all our past episodes on Robohub.org, where you'll also find lots more content on robotics. The whole team behind the Robots podcast wishes everyone listening a happy holiday and a great start to the new year. Construction with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics.